0: What's up, bitches? This is Sierra.
1: <laughs> and what's
0: up, bitches? This is Morgan. And this, this is, is Bitches, bitches and, and Murders. murders. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Well, you know, somebody
1: tried to die multiple <laughs> times. I, I did. I, I I did try to die uh, three separate times to be in <laughs> fact. <effective. laughs> Uh if you don't know, this is how the last little little bit has played out. Uh so Sierra moved out of Florida and we're like, yeah, okay, you know, adjustment time, whatever, we'll take, yeah. you know, a week or two, no big deal. Uh and then maybe. I got COVID. Again. Again. So it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, now I have COVID. Uh so that was a while. And then a little bit after I had COVID, uh my lung well, okay, so I started feeling sick again. And I was like, "Well, that's weird. I just had COVID. Why do I feel sick now? This is like a couple of weeks after I reco- like recovered." And then, so I started having some chest pain, and I was like, "Am I having a heart attack? Like, do I have <laughs> pneumonia? Like, what's going on?" So I went to the ER, and they're like, "Oh, bitch, you're <laughs> done, collapse, dog. It's done for." And I was like, "Oh, oh, okay. I was not expe- <laughs> not expecting that one." Uh. So they were like, okay, yeah, you're going to the ICU. Like, now we're going to shove a chest tube in and you're you're going to the ICU. And I was like, okay, that doesn't sound scary. They're like, we'll give you ketamine. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't sound scary. Let's do some ketamine. Uh, Plot twist. (laughs) Never want to do ketamine again. (laughs) Because it doesn't knock you out. Like, I was... Sort of, sort of conscious, sort of, emphasis on the sort of, because I was having a whole adventure, I don't know if adventure is the right word, nightmare might be the right word, of, uh, Evangelion, and, like, the end, when, like, the world ends, and, like, Lilith is, like, giant, and everything's blood, and there's no people left, yeah, all of that, that was, that was my ketamine trip. I didn't feel the chest
0: tube, though, so it's fine. (laughs) So ketamine makes you really dysphoric and not really aware of what's going on around you, Um, which is why we use it in veterinary medicine, because the first thing it takes out is your bite reflex, and it's the last thing that you get back when you're coming out of your K-hole. Can confirm, uh, I did not bite anybody.
1: Can confirm, I didn't bite anybody. So, yeah, they just did that oh. in the ER bed, sliced me open, jammed that shit in there. That was not fun. That was not a fun couple of days. I was there through Christmas and then went home. I was home for a day and a half, not even a day and a half. It was like a day. It was like 24 hours. I went home like mid Christmas day and I was back in by the 27th. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, with another collapsed lung. And they were like, stop it, you dumb bitch. So they were like, okay, well, we won't put the chest tube in if you can make it till the morning to surgery. And I was like, bet, I will breathe so good. Just watch me. And I did, and I was fine. And so, But they neglected to tell me that the surgery that they were going to do also required a chest tube. They were like, yeah, we just won't give you the chest tube if you wait till morning. And I was like, oh, perfect, I can do that. No, so I wake up with another chest tube. (laughs) I was like... I want to die. Um, uh, And they also, like, cut out some parts of my lung and stapled other parts together. It was a whole thing. Uh, So, yeah, was that for a couple more days. Got out on New Year's. (laughs) And on the second, (laughs) guess who was back in the ICU with another collapsed lung. (laughs) Uh, But that one was fine. That one wasn't that bad. So they just had me chill. And I was good. And... It's a whole, uh, but a whole big thing. It's a whole thing. So, here we are.
0: <laughs> here we are. Finally.
1: Finally. I have stopped trying to die.
0: <laughs> sort of. <laughs> uh, sort of. Are you ready to get really, really, really mad? Always. I am Always. a Capricorn. Cool. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about Cameron Todd Willingham. That's a name. Last time I'll be saying his full name. Um and the fire that he maybe did but maybe didn't do. So you know, we love some mystery. (laughs) I did title this
1: the mysterious tale of the four fire emojis for a reason. Yeah. Better be uh, I didn't
0: tell her anything about this. She was like, I have to title this. What do I title it? And I just sent her four fire emojis. <laughs> so, so here we are. <laughs> so here we are. So Cameron Todd Willingham was born on January 9th, 1968 in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot on his early life. It seems like it was relatively uneventful with nothing super exciting to report. Uh, he married Stacy Kai Kendall. And that's the last time I'll be saying her name. Uh, and they had three daughters, Amber Louise and twins, Carmen Diane and Cameron Marie. Hmm. They all have mouthfuls of names.
1: They're not like hard to say. They're just like right? a lot.
0: It's just a lot of syllables and I don't appreciate it. Uh, so at the time of the fire... Stacy worked for her brother's bar, which was called Some Other Place, which has absolutely (laughs) no relevance to the story. I just wanted you to know that somewhere in the world, somebody named their bar Some Other Place.
1: (laughs) That's amazing, because then it's like, you could just be like, me and my friends just want to go to Some Other Place, (laughs) and then you go there. That's amazing. I love it. 10 out of 10.
0: 10 out of 10. Uh, And then Cameron was an auto mechanic, but at the time of the fire, he was unemployed. So, there's that. Um, So, on the morning of December 23rd, 1991, in Corsicana, Texas, um, Stacy was out Christmas shopping for the girls, and Cameron was at home. Uh, Their one-story house caught fire, and the smoke caught the attention of 11-year-old Buffy Barbie who ran home and told her mom, Diane. So Diane runs outside, sees Cameron outside, screaming about how his babies are burning up, um, and watches him, like, grab a stick and try to break into the girl's bedroom window, uh, which just uh, results in this huge explosion of fire coming out the window, because when you introduce oxygen to fire, it gets bigger. Weird how that works.
1: Side <laughs> so note: um, you couldn't see my face, but I love the name. <laughs> Buffy Barbie. That I'm changing <laughs> my name, B.R.B. <laughs> but, anyways, so continue. Tries- fire.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a fire. So he tries to break another window with the same result. Uh, Diane calls 911. And by the time the firemen get there, he's kind of just collapsed onto the front yard and like on his knees, just screaming. Um, and Diane says that she watched all of the windows in the girl's room just blow out from the fire. The girl's room had, like, windows on all sides because she just described it as, like, all five windows just blowing out from the fire. Oh,
1: Jesus. Like, That's an explosion,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, when the fireman arrived, Cameron explained that his wife wasn't home but that the girls were inside uh, and that his oldest had woken him up because she was screaming for him. Um, and he wasn't able to get any of the girls out. So as time was going on, he was getting more hysterical. Uh, the firemen had to restrain him because he kept trying to run back inside the house. Uh, and then when his daughter Amber was carried out was when he absolutely lost his shit because they had to start giving her CPR immediately. Um, and he just completely went into hysterics. He kept trying to run into the house. Uh, he got into the f- a fight with the fireman. Uh, which resulted in one of the firemen getting a black eye and Cameron getting handcuffed for both his and the fireman's protection. Cause he wouldn't stop trying to run inside the house.
1: So thoughts before we get into the, all the other stuff, I feel like so far okay. there's, cause this was like a, maybe he did it. Maybe he didn't. I feel like that's seems like a setup for, he didn't do it because like people are notoriously bad actors when it comes to shit like that, when they're pretending they didn't do things. But, like, that, if, right. if you really did do it, like, that's some dedication to, like, risk getting arrested because right, like, you're, like, punching firefighters and shit. And, like, most <laughs> people, like, wouldn't risk their lives, like, running into flames. You know what I mean? Or, like, trying to run into the flames, like, if they didn't right. actually genuinely want to save those people.
0: Right. Like I would barely run into really flames like, if like, I did. Right. Like, you know, if, if, if you I wouldn't did this, do that. you were really putting on a show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, I mean, 10 out of 10, either way.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, so all three girls, uh, so two-year-old Amber and the one-year-old twins, Cameron and Carmen, uh, all three of them ended up dying from smoke inhalation. Um, Amber was found in the master bedroom, and the twins were found on the floor of their bedroom.
1: Oh, that's sad.
0: Yeah. <sighs> so that's our fire. We have set the scene. Uh, so the investigation, the initial investigation was done by Assistant Fire Chief Douglas Fogg. And <clears throat> I just realized this last name's man is Fogg.
1: <laughs> it's uh, very appropriate. We're all talking about fire. It's, it's appropriate.
0: Anyway. Uh, and Deputy Fire Marshal Manuel Vesquez. Uh, so following protocol, they started with the least burned areas and moved to the most burned. So, their least burned was the kitchen, uh, and that mainly just had heat and smoke damage, uh, but they did notice that the refrigerator was pushed in front of the back door, which was blocking the exit. Um, Uh,
1: that's sketch.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, but the, the smoke and heat damage was a pretty solid indicator that the fire obviously didn't start in the kitchen, so they moved on. Um, So this is a one-bedroom house and it's kind of, it has like a central hallway that goes to like a utility room in the master bedroom and then there's like a small living room and then like the child, like the kid's room and then like the front door, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they move from the kitchen down the hallway and like past the utility room and into the master bedroom. So... In the utility room, they note that it's more of the, you know, just smoke and uh, heat damage. And then um, this is part of where you're going to get mad. So one of the investigators makes a note of pointing out uh, that in the utility room on the walls is pictures of like skulls and uh, and a poster that he described as like an image of the Grim Reaper um so we got some goth bitches in this house right (laughs) it'll we'll circle kind of back around to those details because you're gonna get so fucking mad about them i promise you so Uh, please
1: don't tell me uh, they try to make this satanic like that's like a middle-aged man biker thing like that's not please don't make me go there
0: well So Cameron is 23 when this happens, so, like, you know that that's where this is going to go. No! Damn it. Uh, So they go past the utility room into the master bedroom, which was where Amber's body was found. Uh, And most of the damage there was also from smoke and heat. So, you know, they're kind of like, well, moving on. Uh, So then they go to, like, towards the living room and the girls' room. And they kind of note that there's a lot of charring um, along like the base of the walls, which for people who are not familiar with fire, uh, gas becomes buoyant when it's heated. So usually when you're seeing flames, you're going to see more of the burning like up top, like higher up because, you know, heat rises. It's going to take the fire up. Um Right. So seeing it kind of like on a low point is really odd. It's usually an indicator that like it was following, um, a f- like f- flammatory liquid. Wow, I couldn't think like of an word accelerant. Out. Thank you. I wanted accelerant, but flammatory liquid was the only thing that came to my brain. <laughs> this
1: is tactically the same thing. Ah.
0: Sorta. So they noted that, and then they noted that there was char patterns on the floor that were kind of shaped like puddles. Wow, it's almost like someone splash puddles. Uh, (laughs)
1: Probably gas or something.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So they started calling this the burn trail. Um, So they followed it in the like down the hallway um, into the girls' room. And there was more of those, like, puddle-shaped patterns on the floor. Um, and then it led out of the girls' room, like, to the front door and then, like, out. Um, so, obviously, this was kind of an indicator that there was some sort of accelerant used. Uh, and they tested it, which did come back positive as gasoline. Um, Which explains, you know, uh, why it was, like, burning so fast and so hot and why it was creating that, like, pressure that caused the explosion that the neighbors saw. Um,
1: Right. That makes perfect sense.
0: Which is so much fun. Oh, yeah. So they kind of immediately decided that this was, like, intentional. Um, There was no question about whether if this was an accident or not. And uh, because this is 1991 and we saw quote unquote satanic things, we're immediately blaming the husband. Um, oh, yes. God. <laughs> so he immediately gets arrested and charged for um, arson and three counts of murder. Uh, but they couldn't really find a motive. And I don't think I ever saw a clear motive defined, which is super freaking annoying.
1: Yeah, because that's kind of weird. I mean, like, it does sort of make sense because, like, if he was in the house, like, it would be kind of hard for some other random person to sneak in and walk through the whole house and splash gas everywhere and then somehow just walk out. But at the same time, it's like he was also in the house. (laughs)
0: Like, his life was
1: also in danger.
0: Um, Yeah. So it it was so frustrating because they were trying to like so they tried to cite the motive as like oh him and stacy got into a fight the night before um but both him and stacy were like no like we never we weren't fighting that day like we weren't fighting the night before uh so then they tried to paint this picture of he didn't want to be a father anymore and stacy was kind of like no like the girls were absolutely spoiled rotten. Like he did everything to make sure that they were never left wanting. Um, and so then they right, started. Like to that's try not to the paint type of guy who of would kill
1: them, right?
0: Um. So then they started trying to paint this picture of abuse. So they have a couple of quote unquote witnesses that they used, um, to try to like paint this picture. And the first one was Johnny Webb, um, who was a jailhouse informant. And he testified against Cameron uh, saying that, you know, they were in the cell together uh, and that Cameron had confessed to him that the fire was set to hide an injury um, or death of, you know, one of the girls that was caused by his wife. But um, weirdly enough, autopsies are a thing. (laughs) And none of the girls were found to be dead before the fire or to have found like any physical injuries that weren't caused by the fire. Yeah,
1: fun fact. (laughs) Fun interjection. I don't know if fun is the right word here. Uh, But I did my senior thesis on uh, burn trauma. And uh, besides, obviously, like, they can check to see if they had previous injuries, like, if their skulls had been smashed in or something. But there's also this fun thing your body does if you are still alive when you're burning uh, and it's called the pugilistic pose, and it's when your muscles and your tendons and everything, like, the heat forces them to contract, so you look like you're about to box someone. That's what pugilistic means. It's also called, like, the boxer's stance. It, like, pulls your arms up and your hands into fists, so you look like you're about to box someone. So if they find a dead body that's not, like, obviously purely smoke inhalation. It's a little different. Um, but if the body's just laying there and it's not, like, contorted in any real way, then they were probably already dead when you got there. Or when the fire got there. Not when you got there. Of course they're dead mm-hmm. when you got there. You're right. an Emmy. Anyways.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so John Webb gives, like, all of this, you know, all of this story about, you know, like, there was abuse and they used the fire to hide it to cover it up and blah, blah. Um, and at Cameron's trial, um, Webb was like, "Oh yeah, those like really distinguishable burns on Amber's arm, uh, that was from Cameron, you know, using a piece of wadded up paper to burn her to appear to make it look like the children were just playing with fire, um, which was you know not quite true, um, so Webb." ended up getting an early release from prison and uh, later sent the prosecutor a motion to recant his testimony, uh, where he declared willing Willingham, um, innocent of all charges and, uh, said that he wasn't sure that his testimony was true because he was on a lot of medications because he was being treated for bipolar disorder. um, cameron's attorneys were never notified of any of this and the prosecution has like vehemently denied giving webb um a deferred sent is it deferred sentence is that what i want sentence reduction yeah what sounds right yeah um plea deal ha ha there we go (laughs) um But the prosecution denies ever giving him a plea deal and that his him being released early, early was just coincidental. Um, but after he died, they found, like, a handwritten note in Webb's file that, like, indicated that maybe there was such a thing. Um, but nobody's, like, really quite sure. Hmm. So there's that. Uh, so now are you... I, this is where we're going to circle back to the skulls and we're uh, going to get you real mad. Oh, good. Okay. So the second witness that they used was James Grigson, who was a psychiatrist um, that was known by the moniker of Dr. Death because he was constantly used as like the expert witness. Um, and he like almost always recommended the death penalty. So I
1: love it already.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, so during the uh trial, (laughs) the prosecutors pointed out that Cameron had a tattoo of a skull and a serpent. Um, and then they pointed out that he had like an Iron Maiden poster. Um, and that the oh, yeah, because
1: uh, Iron Maiden (laughs) is super satanic.
0: Oh, um. And that he had a Led Zeppelin poster of like the Fallen Angel thing, um, and then the Iron Maiden one was the the like fist punching through a skull, um. So our our Doctor Death here, Mister James Grigson, if I can remember this man's name, uh, testified that his tattoo of a skull and a serpent, uh, fit the profile of a sociopath because only sociopaths get skulls and serpents tattooed. Um,
1: I want to just throw out the quick fact that I have several <laughs> several skulls and serpents tattooed.
0: So, that, you know, honestly, he might not be wrong. <laughs> um, and then the Iron Maiden poster and the Led Zeppelin poster were uh, significant like were signif like signifying that he was a psychopath that was okay with violence and death and was into cult type activities.
1: I feel like I would more believe that a, a cult member was listening to, like, Justin Bieber than I would Iron Maiden. I just don't, I just don't get cult vibes. I don't. My dad listened to Iron Maiden, and, like, I've been there.
0: I it's, feel it's like not really. the cult vibes are gonna be Marilyn Manson, because, like, they're still supporting him, but, you know, I digress. Ha! You were not wrong. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, yeah, he testified that uh, Cameron was a extremely severe sociopath that was incurable, and he recommended the death penalty. Uh, Good old Dr.
1: Death coming in clutch.
0: If it makes you feel better, he was expelled by the American Psychiatric Association for unethical conduct.
1: Yeah, it seems like he's just like, and you're a sociopath, and you're a sociopath, and you're a sociopath, and everyone gets to die. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, there's that. I just (laughs) thought you'd like to know (laughs) that this was some real fucked, (laughs) real fucked shit.
1: Yeah, that sounds. uh, That sounds like they did super good, uh, super good police work. Uh, They were super attentive. Um, Definitely didn't miss anything there.
0: Obviously, nothing nothing at all from the LAPD. There was a couple of other witnesses that they used, um, primarily the neighbors that were watching this whole thing. Um, So they all confirmed that Cameron had like singed hair on his chest and his eyelids. um, That, but yeah, like he tried to save them. Yeah. Like, of course um, he would. He had a burn injury on his right shoulder, which everybody saw, because he was only wearing pants. He wasn't wearing a shirt. Um, And then the prosecution tried to be like, but why wasn't there any evidence of smoke inhalation? Uh, Which was annoying. And uh, uh, fucking the Barbies just they changed their story as soon as he was the one convicted. Uh, Ugh. Stupid Buffy. So, fucking, it wasn't Buffy. Buffy oh, was. I take it
1: back. I'm sorry, Buffy.
0: Uh, Diane changed her story and said that she had to urge willing or urge Cameron to, like, go into the house to rescue his own children, and uh, like kept saying that, uh, she had to like keep yelling at him, and all she could see was smoke, and she was worried about the kids, um and that she like kept saying like go get them and that he was refusing and that he was you know working on moving his car away from the fire before returning to sit on the lawn and that he not once attempted to go inside to rescue his children um which i don't buy because like the fire department literally had to handcuff this man because he, like, he punched, punched a
1: firefighter them. yeah <laughs> they
0: were trying to stop him from going back in
1: also controversial opinion and obviously i do believe that he tried to go back in like it was pretty fucking evident that he did but like mm-hmm. i wouldn't blame someone for not going back into a burning building like you are just a person you don't have fire equipment you don't have oxygen Like, you don't have anything. Like, I don't think it's wrong of you to, like, wait for the fire department to get there, to go in, to save people. Like, that's not your job. And, like, I get it. Like, I mean, it's your kids. Like, I get wanting to save them. And clearly he did try to go back in. But, like, even if he didn't, yeah, you're not a fucking firefighter. Like, I'd be like, I'm wearing fucking pajama pants and no shirt. You right. want me to run into the fucking flames? Like what what am I gonna do? Yeah. Die too? And, like.
0: And they kept trying to cite like him moving his car, like, cause I guess he just like popped it in neutral and was like literally pushing it down the driveway. They like kept trying to cite that as like, oh, like see, he didn't care about his kids. All he cared about was his car. But like, if you have this raging fire that's literally exploding out the windows, like I'm not gonna fault you for moving your car, cause your car is full of gasoline which is an accelerant which is yeah like your car could explode burn. right right
1: and like also hurt your neighbors uh spread the fire to other people's homes also just your fucking house is burning down you're probably gonna have to live in your car right. like where the fuck are you gonna go? I'd be like yeah I don't want this to explode and kill all of us and burn down the whole neighborhood but also this is my home now I live here <laughs>
0: So, yeah, this whole thing, like, from here on out, we're just going to keep getting mad. Just a heads up. Oh, good. Yeah. So the prosecution tried to declare a motive. Um, (laughs) And that motive was that Cameron was trying to rid himself of unwanted children. Uh, Kept saying that, like, he didn't want his kids. Um, The prosecutor claimed that the fire was the third attempt by Cameron to kill them. Uh, They said that he had attempted to abort each of his wife's pregnancies by kicking her in the stomach. Um, Which, like, there's... Okay. There's evidence that he had hit Stacy before, but there was no police or medical evidence To indicate that he had kicked his wife in the stomach to try to abort the kids. Especially
1: because that doesn't really make that much sense with the fact that she was, like, no, he loved his kids. He gave them everything he could. And, like, I get that, like, obviously women who are being abused, like, might say nice things about their abuser just because they don't want to, like, confront reality. But even then, Mm -hmm. like, all the... situations that i have encountered that are like that like the mom isn't gonna go out of their way to be like over the top and be like oh my god they're the best dad that ever exists they love their kids more than anything they give them every single thing like they might say things that are slightly nice or they'll but they more just like downplay the bad rather than upplay the good right so like that wouldn't really make sense
0: yeah and uh, even like Stacey even testified both during the trial and during her interrogation that like Cameron never physically abused the kids. Like she and him would get into their own tufts of ridiculousness, but like it never carried over onto the kids ever. Um, and then again, like uh, Johnny, that jailhouse informant had kind of suggested that cameron set the fire in order to cover up abuse done by his wife um but i don't really buy that story either because like there's no abuse on the kids kids,
1: regardless
0: right like you're not gonna just suddenly decide like whoop i'm gonna murder my kids to cover up the fact that my wife's an abusive asshole like no
1: and also like especially when it comes to like child abuse like kids are not very good at hiding child abuse Mm -mm. like there's always going to be at least someone who knows that that's happening like adults are better at hiding abuse because like they're fucking adults um but also even then like most adults who get abused are also not that great at hiding the fact that they're getting abused and people in their life usually notice so it's like someone would have noticed Mm -hmm. like even if they didn't like report them like, I feel like someone would have noticed, you know what I mean? And been like, yeah. hey, yeah, like, I'd already been kind of thinking about reporting them to CPS, like, I kind of noticed some abusive things, like, possible trigger, you know what I mean?
0: hmm Yeah, so the prosecution tried to, like, paint this picture that he was a serial wife abuser and um, he had, you know, a sociopathic past, um, which they, they brought that... <laughs> freaking psychiatrist back in uh incited one instance in his childhood where him and his buddy had like abused a random stray dog um and used that as like the foothold for like oh look he's a sociopath um and then they tried to get his probation officer in on it because he did have a history of being arrested for like petty theft Uh, But both his probation officer and the judge who had sent him to jail for stealing were both like, no, he would never kill them. Like, all of his petty theft was in order to get stuff for his kids. Like, he was always polite, like, he always cared, and, like, all of his petty theft was to try to help them.
1: (laughs) Right, like, he wasn't a bad person. It reminds me of, like, a Jean Valjean situation. Yeah. Stealing some bread to feed his sister's family. Well, his own family, but. Right.
0: <sighs> so, yeah. um, He was officially charged with murder on January 8th of 1992. And his trial took place starting in August of the same year. Uh, he was offered a life term in exchange for a guilty plea which he turned down insisting that he was innocent um which I don't I don't blame him
1: Yeah I I don't know how I'd feel about that either I yeah. would probably do the same thing
0: Um so during the trial they bring in the uh Vasquez who was that fire marshal that was kind of heading the investigation um and he testified that there was three points of origin for the fire um, all of which were intentionally set by human hands they brought in a sample of burned material from near the front door which tested positive for gasoline and lighter fluid um and they tried to cite that like cameron had escaped uh with bare feet and no burn marks but like he did have a burn mark on uh, his right shoulder and I don't really buy this because remember that Cameron's story is that he woke up because Amber was screaming for him and I mean like your fight or flight's gonna take in so if you smell smoke you're gonna run and he just ran straight out the front door and then tried to get back in to get the girls so like I yeah I
1: know. mean I feel like this is making me sound like a shitty person, but, like, I'm sorry, if I woke up and my house was on fire, I, my mm-hmm. first reaction, I feel like, would be to get the fuck out of there. Right. Like, I don't think my first reaction would be, like, let me save, I, like, maybe I'm just not that heroic, uh, mm-hmm. maybe I am a sociopath, but, like, I can't save anyone if I'm dead, but, like, if I can get out of there and, like, figure out what the fuck's going on, like, what part of the house is on fire like how to like i'm not trying to figure that out from inside the house Mm -hmm. i've seen the outsiders (laughs) uh
0: so yeah so they they tried to paint the picture that he didn't have any burn marks because he had you know had this tank full of accelerant and he had dumped it in the girl's room and then made a trail from their room out the front door and then lit it from outside I don't buy it um they also tried to right they also tried to point out the whole like refrigerator being pushed in front of the back door thing um which was you know gonna block anybody from escaping but I don't know that I really buy that as much either I don't know I mean like obviously I can't argue that there was a refrigerator in front of the back door but I feel like you would block off the front door because the girl's room was, like, right there. So why wouldn't you block the front
1: door? Also, like... Okay, on the... Yeah, because that's weird because it's, like, on the premise that, like, someone broke in or whatever, someone that wasn't him set the fire. I mean, they could have moved the door... Or not the door, I'm sorry, the fridge in front of the door. But at the same time, I feel like moving a fridge would be loud. So it's like even, I feel like someone could sneak in and they could pour gas without you waking up because that's not really, like, a loud thing to do. But I feel like moving a fridge is loud. <laughs> like, that'd be very noticeable. Like, you probably would have woken up. So that that's, like, the weird thing. But you're right. Also, like, why wouldn't you block the front door unless, like, the fridge was just right next to the back door, so it was, like, easy to just kind of, like, scooch it over. Because, like, moving a fridge all the way to the front door would be a lot. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that doesn't really make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So So, uh, he was found guilty, obviously, and sentenced to death. Um, so, his death happened... Do I know how to do math? Like, 13 years after. um, Because he was executed on February 17th of 2004. Uh, by lethal injection. Um, And you know me. You know that if I can find the final meal and the final words, I'm gonna. And I-,
1: <laughs> I was waiting for
0: that. So, his final meal was three barbecued pork ribs two orders of onion rings fried okra three beef enchiladas with cheese and two slices of lemon cream pie fuck man that sounds good sign me up right i'm I'm here for it um and his last words were the only statement i want to make is that i am an innocent man convicted of a crime i did not commit I have been prosecuted for 12 years for something I did not do. From God's dust I came, and to dust I will return so the earth shall become my throne. I gotta go, road dog. (laughs) Um, He expressed his love to a woman named Gabby and then turned to his ex-wife, who he knew was in the observing room, and said, I hope you rot in hell, bitch, and then flipped her off. That was
1: a... That was a whole ride. Uh, yeah. Uh, in, inter- interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck. I don't know how I feel about this, though. I really don't. I don't. I, I don't know if he did it. <laughs> I don't know. In my heart, I feel like he didn't. hmm But also the
0: fridge is weird. Yeah. The fridge so... is weird. <laughs> We're not done. Don't worry. Uh, in 2004, the case gained attention um, fortunately after his death. Uh, after a writer for the Chicago Tribune published an article about poor investigative tactics and cited his case um, as like a an example of poor investigative tactics, which I'm not going to disagree with. Um, and then in 2009, an investigative report by David Gran was done for the New Yorker, uh, where he also pointed out the poor investigation and how um, the case should be looked at again, because, you know, fire science has evolved since 1992 uh, right. And he suggested that the evidence that they did, ha- did have was unconvincing um, and that they just took the easy route in blaming the husband, which I don't disagree with. Um, there was also a documentary in 2011 that also kind of explored the case a little bit uh, as well as a based on a true story but kind of fiction movie called Trial by Fire. Um <sighs> this is a whole thing. Uh, I like just lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> if you said anything, I didn't hear it. No, I didn't. I was just patiently oh,
1: wait. waiting for you to reboard the train. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All aboard. Sierra's Thought Express.
0: <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate you. Um Yeah, no, I, I read through the trial by fire thing that was written by the the New Yorker and it was good. I'll I'll give him that. Like he definitely had some interesting points. Um especially like with the whole thing with him fighting the um fireman the fireman like i just mm, i don't buy it i mean not like yeah. obviously again i find that it happened but i don't i don't buy that you're doing that if you didn't if you did it
1: and obviously like actors exist there are people who are good at acting but like let's be real like the standard average person is not good at acting, especially, like, even regular actors. Like, when you put them under this kind of extreme stress where it's, like, you could go to prison for the rest of your life kind of stress, like, most people fall apart. So it's, like, the fact that he could have been, like, faking that, like, trying to run in, fighting the firefighters and stuff just isn't super likely. Like, it was such, like, a high-stress, like, high-intensity moment. That, like, most people are not going to be able to, like, come up with this great big act mm-hmm. to put on. Like, that's just not realistic.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I just... I, I don't know. I kind of, like, toyed with the idea of maybe Stacy doing it. Because that would explain why he was, like... His last words were, I hope you rot in hell. Uh...
1: That would make... I guess I could see that. That would make sense. And people probably wouldn't be likely to suspect her because she's a woman.
0: Exactly. But then, like, why?
1: Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, Unless maybe she was, like, cheating on him or something and wanted to, like, restart over or something. Because it's like, I guess she did say Mm -hmm. that he was a really good father... And like he would do anything for his kids,
0: right? But, but that isn't necessarily. She wasn't like a good
1: right. It wasn't like she was like we love our children. We would do anything for them. But it's like also I'm sure they were just asking her specifically about him, so it makes sense why she wouldn't like bring herself into it. But at the same time, there's like rumors about her possibly abusing her kids and stuff. So maybe, mm-hmm. I mean, but they didn't really show any signs of abuse. Ah, see, that's so hard. Because, like, I mean, you could abuse someone and obviously them not have, like, broken bones. So, like, just because it wasn't, like, they obviously weren't murdered beforehand doesn't mean that they weren't necessarily being abused in any way. Because also, like, obviously, like, verbal Mm -hmm. abuse and stuff doesn't show up. Fuck, I don't know how I feel about it. Also, why would he hate her so much? Like, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah.
0: Are you ready for my last bit of fuckery?
1: Uh, I don't know. Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so... I'm scared. I
1: don't like the laugh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the... Texas fire marshals did re-look into the case um, and based on it they weren't they couldn't conclusively say that it was in fact on purpose they were kind of going back and forth about whether it was accidental or not Um, and then his family did write a letter uh, (laughs) and I can read the whole letter or I can kind of just nitpick
1: is it a super 15th. long? Is is the whole letter important? Uh, da,
0: da, da. It's kind of. It's not super long.
1: Yeah, fuck it. Read the letter.
0: Okay, so. <clears throat> we are members of a club that should never have any members. We are the family of a man who was wrongfully convicted of murder and executed despite clear and convincing evidence of his innocence. We, oh, that's not important. Um, our son and cousin Cameron Todd Willingham was convicted of killing his three baby girls by arson. His conviction rested on junk science and a jailhouse informant. In the days before Todd's execution in February of 2004, a nationally recognized arson expert submitted a detailed report to Governor Rick Perry and Texas courts showing that the arson evidence was false. It was based on false assumptions that had been described a decade earlier. Todd didn't spread accelerant around his house and start a fire. Um, No chemical evidence of accelerant was found in the debris. The fire was accidental. There was no crime at all. Governor Perry and the Texas courts, to our dismay, ignored this finding, which has since been confirmed many times over by independent experts and eventually the Texas Texas Forensic Science Commission. A number of arson convictions have been overturned. After Todd's conviction, the district attorney illegally reduced the sentence of the jailhouse informant who was falsely testified that Todd confessed to him about starting the fire by spreading accelerant and hid the fact. And the informant's efforts to recant from Todd's lawyers. Todd was only 36 when Texas took his life by lethal injection and shattered the Willingham family forever. We promised Todd that we'd never stop fighting to clear his name. And then they go on about somebody else's dad because they're writing this lawyer for two people. Um, so that last part's not important. Um, gotcha. But yeah, that's, that's that. Um, uh, they go on. Which they make oh, some valid sorry. points. Valid points here. Um There we go. Sorry, I was trying to find like their last paragraph. <laughs> um, nothing can bring back these men, just like nothing can bring back Todd. Even so, the search for the truth must go on, so that terrible mistakes don't keep happening. Um, that's kind of... And then they go back to talking about the other case, which maybe I will cover, because that sounds interesting, but not important. But yeah, I do appreciate that Someone's they were back. like... <laughs>
1: Because like I, they phrase that very nicely, because I would have been way more furious. And also like the fact that they're kind of like, we just don't want this to have like happen to someone else in the future. Like, yeah, that's thoughtful. Because so I'd be like, you motherfuckers, I can't believe it. Did he not like appeal to get his death sentence overturned? To do just like not get approved? Like I'm kind of surprised like with oh, them no. coming he back appealed. later. That they, yeah, no, he being, like ooh. What the fuck? Because usually, like, if they're, like, appealed later and they're kind of like, ugh, maybe we fucked up, they'll, like, keep them in prison forever, but they'll, like, get rid of the death penalty. Though, honestly, in my opinion, I would rather have the death penalty than life in prison. Because most of those people fucking, like, spend decades on death row anyways. And I feel like I would just want to be done with it. Anyway. I'd be like, can we just do that like tomorrow? Like just skip the whole prison thing. Like we can just go straight there. That's fine.
0: Okay. Uh so when he appealed, he kept trying to appeal under um unlawful conviction. Um oh, unlawful imprisonment, uh, and then coercion of a witness. And so they're just like, nah, dude, fuck you.
1: Nothing about this case makes sense. It doesn't make sense, and I don't like it. I don't like it. Sorry. It's rude, and I don't appreciate it. Rude.
0: (laughs) Uh, Sorry.
1: (laughs) And I still don't know who did it. And I'm not
0: sure how I feel about it. Yeah. So it's that was my uh, train of thought that got derailed that I forgot to circle back to. In 2004, there was a fire marshal that re-examined the arson evidence. um, And his name was Gerald Hurst. And he did a set of experiments that, like, was a recreation of the elements in question. Um, And they, he, like, kept fixating on the, like, three-point burn patterns and like, the flashover. Um, And he ended up kind of, like, going through everything and found that the front porch was the only place where there was actual accelerant identified by lab tests. And it was lighter fluid, not gasoline. And a photograph of the house taken before the fire showed that there was a charcoal grill there, which would explain why there was lighter fluid there. Um, right, like
1: you could have just spilled it.
0: Yeah. So, Hearst kind of speculated that it was likely that like, the water sprayed fi- the firefighters spread the lighter fluid like, into the house. Um which would explain, like, the the testing positive for an accelerant. Um, and he concluded that there was actually no evidence of arson and that it was an accident that costed a man his life. He sent the report to Governor Rick Perry, who kind of just waved it off.
1: Fucking Rick Perry.
0: Um, Perry was quoted as stating, and I quote, Willingham was a monster. He was a guy who murdered his three children who tried to beat his wife into an abortion so that he wouldn't have those kids. Um, Person after person has stood up and testified to facts of this case that, quite frankly, you all aren't covering. So, yeah rick perry just kind of kept waving everybody off and being like well all of these people said that he was a satanist and looked he liked iron maiden and he had a skull tattooed so obviously he was a sociopath and fuck you guys
1: (laughs) well but it also okay besides like the fact that a lot of that is just complete bullshit also it's like even if it was intentionally set like if there was lighter fluid like all over the porch like anyone could set that fire and not wake anybody up yeah like You know what I mean? Like someone could easily be like, oh look at that big thing of lighter fluid that they have right next to their charcoal grill, which is something a lot of people do. Spray Mm -hmm. that shit all over the porch and light it on fire and leave and no one ever see them. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know.
0: I don't know who did it. Yeah. The it's still just circles back to that refrigerator in front of the back door.
1: The refrigerator doesn't make fucking sense.
0: And that's what I'm stuck on. Yep.
1: The fridge doesn't make sense. And the... I don't know, though. Because, like, I... I mean, I guess, like, I haven't seen pictures of it myself and stuff. But, like, it does seem a little weird, like, if there was, like, lighter fluid or whatever. Like, the fire had already started obviously when the firefighters showed up so like the whole thing about them like spraying it in like doesn't really make a ton of sense unless like the front door was conveniently open because also wasn't it like in some rooms like anything you, you think it would just be like right in the front door if they had somehow like sprayed it in and just like in that hallway it was not like in rooms
0: yeah it was on they said it was on the baseboards leading to the girl's room, but like the girl's room was right by the front door.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. I get. Yeah, that makes more sense. But then what would have started the fire to start with? Just like faulty wiring mm-hmm. or something? That's that that's also what I was stuck on too. Cuz like I could see them accidentally doing that, I guess, but like where would the fire have started? I don't know! I don't know the answer and I'm mad about it. I don't... I don't know. I know that I feel like he shouldn't have died. I know that, but that's about it.
0: Sorry. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. I feel so conflicted right now. I'm like angsty about
0: it. I don't know. (laughs) I'm angsty about it.
1: Normally I have, like, even if it's like, ah, we don't know who did it. I have, like, pretty strong opinions. But, like, I just don't really have an opinion. Because I feel like I could easily make an argument for either side. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to feel about that. I feel like my final answer. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. This is my final answer. uh, I'm blaming her. That's my final answer. Because that whole... Like, first of all, there's already the rumors that she could be abusing her kids. Uh, There was already just kind of some weirdness that existed even before this event happened with her. And then on top of that, like that whole him being like, fuck you. And so like, that doesn't really make any sense. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, I guess maybe
1: it's like, hey, you should have supported me more like, while I was alive, but I
0: don't but, know. I, mean, I feel like that, that wouldn't fill me
1: with that kind of
0: rage. Yeah. I mean, during the trial, she, like, kind of testified in his favor of, like, no, he wasn't abusive towards the kids. Like, he did everything for them. He had no reason to murder them. Um, from what I found, the only reason they got divorced was, like, because he was incarcerated and she didn't want to, like, have a quote Be married call, to like, a man who would never get out. Right. Um, But you don't tell somebody to rot in hell over that.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's pretty understandable. Also, that does give her more of a motive. Because he doesn't really have a motive. But her being abused. Like, even though he wasn't abusing the kids. Kind of even more because he wasn't abusing the kids. Like, she didn't have any reason to, like, take the kids with her. But, like, like, it gives her a reason to do it. Because, like, it's so much easier for her to get away from him yeah without the kids like she's not leaving the kids behind to risk also possibly getting abused she's not like taking the kids with her and trying to like figure out how to like be homeless and have three kids or two kids three right
0: three yeah
1: okay yeah suddenly i was like doubting my whole existence um plus like it's like it's pretty obvious that like he was going to be suspected Like, she wasn't even there. So it's, like, kind of sets it up for him to go to prison. And then, like, now she never had to worry about him again. Like, or the kids. Plus, plus I feel like right now, if I went and tried to move my fridge, I could probably do it. I think I could do it. Especially on a tile floor where it's going to, like, slide a little bit more. I think I could move it. So I'm not, like, ruling out. And she's probably, let's be real, she's probably larger than me. Because I am very small. So, Mm -hmm. like, if I could do it, I'm sure she could do it. Plus, that would explain why there was no, like, sign of, like, break-in. Like, that could be another reason why there's not really, like, a sign of, like, someone broke in and did it. You know what I mean? Because, like, obviously it's her fucking house. She has keys. (laughs) And no one would suspect her if she's, like, walking around the house. Obviously. It's her fucking house. She mm-hmm. lives there. Like, she wouldn't alert anyone there to, like, anything weird happening.
0: Yeah. So. My. Okay. Ready for my official. This is it, this is my official theory? Yes. I think. Wires got crossed in her head. And if. If. The stories of them getting into physical altercations are true, but him, like, not having any issues with his daughter, or his daughters, plural. Um, I think wires got crossed in her head, and she wanted to get away from him, but also take away, like, the thing that he loved more than her. I could see that, too. She set the fire... Especially because in, like, in 2004, like, right before he got executed, um, she, like, kind of changed her narrative and was like, oh, yeah, like, his, you know, his stepmom is, you know, trying to get him pardoned. And, like, I get it from a mother's perspective because you're always going to love your kids and you're um, going to do whatever you can for your kids. But, you know, the court found him guilty and he is getting what he deserved.
1: Yeah, and it's, like, the ultimate fuck you. Like, it yeah. literally ruined his life. Like, not only did he was fucking in prison and then killed, but on top of that, it ruined his name, it ruined his reputation, he lost the, like, people he cared about most in life.
0: Yeah. Like, it is
1: the ultimate, like, revenge against someone.
0: Yeah. I think it was a revenge plot.
1: Stacy started the fire! <laughs> That's my opinion. That's uh, all. Of these are opinions. I used to fucking beat <laughs> you. Uh, don't sue me. These are all opinions.
0: Yeah, these are just and opinion.
1: personal opinions. So,
0: please don't come for me, Stacy. Fuck you. But fuck you, Stacy.
1: Make it more convincing that you didn't murder your children, right? And I wouldn't have this opinion.
0: But anyways yeah so that is the story of the super frustrating i don't know what happened uh willingham house fire
1: i feel like usually these like single incident cases don't irritate me so much but wow i'm irritated
0: (laughs) it's the calling somebody a sociopath because they have a skull tattoo for me it's calling someone
1: satanic because i listen to iron maiden (laughs) <laughs> like it's Iron Maiden. Like, there's so many more like satanic bands. Like, it's not even like hard classic rock, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, I was listening to that shit when I was like four. Like, it's not even like offensive, dude. When I Irons was like, like yeah, that's
0: Calico when I was like four.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's, like, the shit my parents listen to, like, Metallica, Iron Maiden, uh, Rush is, like, also one of my dad's favorites, like, stuff like that, and, like, all of it, like, my parents were not, like, horribly strict, but they were decently strict about, like, the stuff that I watched and listened to, like, they made sure that the content was okay, and they didn't swear a lot, and there wasn't, like, overt sexuality, like, all that shit, um, you know, just being good parents, and... Like, they were like, yeah, we can absolutely listen to this together. Like, there's nothing really offensive about it. It's not violent. It's not bad. Like, it doesn't even really swear. Like, I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. I hate it. 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 And I'm annoyed. Mm Mm-hmm. Why did you do this to me? This was impolite.
0: I decided to go a different route because, you know, we always try to fuck each other's day up by just making it entirely way too gruesome. Um, so I decided I'd fuck with your brain today instead.
1: I, uh, I think it's funny that uh, you did that because that's what I did. I hate you. In my notes. Which we didn't talk about.
0: Oh, uh, no.
1: <laughs> and actually, when I started it out, I th- actually thought it was going to be on the more gruesome side. But then as I was like going, like I found out that the whole thing is just kind of like a mind fuck. And I was like, oh, like this took a turn I was not ready for. I just wanted to see people get murdered. Yeah. Uh- so,
0: I started researching this case because my so my grandma, for anybody who doesn't know, is a huge crime person and she had exhausted all of Netflix and Amazon Prime. So when I moved down here, I introduced her to Hulu. And for anybody who doesn't know, Hulu is the bomb.com when it comes to crime, everything, because they have true crime and fictional crime. Um, and we started watching the movie, which was Trial by Fire. And I was like, oh, this is an interesting story. And then it was like based on a true story. And I was like, oh, I'm going to throw myself down a rabbit hole, which I did. And it turned into a disaster. So I took you all rolling on the ride with me.
1: And we hate you for it. Yeah,
0: well, I hate myself for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me, after every episode, I'm like, don't you worry, guys. There's a healthy dose of self hatred in here. It's fine. (laughs) Honestly. Every time I have to talk about tree branches.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Can you stop? With tree branches, please, and thank you.
1: Okay, this next one has no tree branches. But it does have... Voodoo, so...
0: Oh, I'm ready. Why are we still talking? Let's wrap this one up and move on.
1: (laughs) Alrighty, then. So, uh... (laughs) You know the drill. Follow us on all of the things. Uh, Patreon, I'm hoping... I found a couple of, when I was, like, trying to find stuff to research for this, mm-hmm. I found a couple of ones that were, like, like, really short. Like, I couldn't find a ton of info, so, like, I couldn't really make, like, a full long episode, so I'm thinking about making, like, a series of, like, small, smaller, yeah. just shorter episodes for the Patreon, so, uh, that'll be coming soon. Um, okay. Twitter is Ann Murders because they are mm-hmm. little bitches.
0: Exactly. Instagram
1: is bitches and murders podcast. Same as uh, Patreon, Twitch, you now, basically all of the things.
0: We're also on TikTok. Oh, yeah. I almost, how did I forget about that? Um, cause somehow TikTok is okay with our name, but Twitter is not.
1: Which is so weird because they're so, like, you can post literal porn and, like, people dying on Twitter and you can't, like, post yourself in a bathing suit on TikTok but like they're okay with
0: bitching
1: <laughs> doesn't make any sense but okay whatever it's fine anyway.
0: but yeah. so follow us on all the things um, on Patreon I am going to start doing horror stories because that was a thing that kept getting requested and I sucked but now I'm on a consi- consistent schedule and know that my recording system here is not complete shit so I'm going to start doing that I have a ghost story ready for you guys from my trip that I took to the upper peninsula. Ooh.
1: Yeah. I, I'm excited about that. That was dope. I got like the live story, but I'm excited to hear it as like a full put together story.
0: Right. So yeah, uh, there's all of that. So uh, stay spooky, but not so spooky that you watch your neighbor run into his house to try to save his kids and then fucking change your story. And then tell everybody that you had to tell him to go in. No. Don't do that. Yeah, don't be You're a media
1: spooky. vulture. Don't. Mm-mm.
0: Uh, Don't
1: stay spooky but not so spooky that you frame your husband for murdering your three children. Oops. Maybe don't be that spooky. Don't, uh, maybe not. Maybe just tone it down a little bit. Okay. Okay, Stacy. Thanks
0: stay spooky but not so spooky that you disregard um a report from a professional telling you that the fire was maybe an accident um and you decide to just disregard it and stick with your preconceived notions because iron maiden is satan maybe not that spooky rick perry maybe not that spooky
1: uh, don't even get me started. We, I will rant for like the next like twenty minutes. So yeah, okay. Keep it spooky. <laughs>